All right, you all have your Bibles open to First John. We'll try to use them today. That's a tough crowd this morning, I'm telling you. You ever drive a car and all of a sudden some of the symbols come up on the dashboard? Have you been there? You know, I had to learn what some of these mean. I'm not a mechanic. I'm not good with my hands and anything, but especially cars. And um, I got a new Tribeca. Well, not a new Tribeca. We got a Tribeca. It had about 70,000 miles on it. And we took it for a fishing trip. That was my big mistake there. And um, we went out and we were with my in-laws. We went fishing. And on the way back, poof, all of a sudden lights come on the dashboard. And I'm like, I just got this thing. And, uh, and not only one, a few of them at the same time. And so the whole way back, I'm thinking the car is going to blow up on me. You know, the, the, the tires are going to go flat. I mean, I'm all, I don't know what these lights mean. And then I, I found out it's the, uh, how do you say it? The catalytic converter. Um, and so they fixed that. And then, uh, praise the Lord, that took all the lights out. Then, I'm, you know, a couple of years goes by and the lights come on again. And I'm like, wait a minute, they just fixed this thing. And, um, and so I brought it back. I said, you guys fixed this? Yeah, it was a couple of years ago. Yeah, they never, you know. And they're like, yeah, and uh, no, we'll check it all out. They charged me all kind of money, all kinds of money. And it was just because it needed an oil change. The lights came on. <laughs> so the third time the lights came on, you know what I did? I turned the car in and I got a different car. I am done with the lights. I don't like the lights. The lights scare me. The lights mean something's wrong. I don't want to, I don't know. If something breaks down, I'm in trouble. If I get a flat tire, if Katie's not there, we can't fix it. I need something. <laughs> yeah, that's why I married her. And so if the lights come on, we're in big trouble. Now, wouldn't that be great if we can look in the mirror and see lights when something's wrong in our lives? But guess what? <laughs> we do have some warning lights, and it's called the heart. Now look at this. The heart in the Bible is not the organ that we have. It is the seat of the physical, spiritual, and mental life. It is the center and source of the whole inner life. Our thinking, our feeling, our volition, our will come from the heart. It's all about the heart. And let me just say you something about our hearts. Our hearts have a way of calling us out. And my heart, I don't know about yours, I can hear the, the, the heart when it calls me out in the voice of my mother. <laughs> Oh, Jeremy, you call yourself a minister and you say those jokes? Jeremy, how can you call yourself a minister? She listens to the sermons and then she says, Jeremy, you said that and you still got a congregation? How do they put up with you? She says, be with me and Katie. Jeremy, how does Katie put up with you? How does she do it? And she doesn't just say it once. She says it over and over and over again. And so throughout the week, when I mess up, and guess what? I mess up throughout the week. I hear in my heart, Jeremy, you're a minister? 
You're a hypocrite. You shouldn't be in the pulpit. Who are you to preach to others? Who are you to share God's word? We all hear those things. In fact, I love the book of 1 John and I hate the book of 1 John all at the same time. I love it because it says wonderful things, but I look at 1 John and really it, it, it's a strong book. I mean, the doctrinal part of 1 John, I, I really like the part, you know, Jesus is the Christ and all that. I can pass that part with flying colors. But you look at the other parts, the moral part of obeying God and all his commands and the social part of loving our neighbor and loving one another as we ought to. That's hard. In fact, we fail. And we fail a lot. And our hearts call us out. Did you really love so-and-so? You drove by so-and-so when they had a flat tire and didn't even do anything. Do you really love them? Do you really obey God's commands? How can you? You were angry at your wife last week. You blew it with your kids. You were mad the whole week and you come to church with a smile on your face. Who are you? Your hearts call you out. Our hearts call us out. The question is, what do we do when our hearts call us out? Well, I know what some do. They start sucking their thumb and lay in their bed and they're just like, oh, my heart says I'm a bad boy, so I guess I, guess I am a bad boy. And my heart called me out, so I guess I need to get saved again. Some people, they can care less what their heart says. I hope you're not there. Oh, my heart called me out, but who cares about the heart? The heart doesn't mean anything. I just keep on living in sin. No, don't do that. God's given us those warning lights for a reason. And so how do we respond when our hearts call us out? And that's what makes this passage so amazing. I mean, look at it. In verses 19 to 24, he's going to give us some strong medicine for setting our heart at rest. This is a wonderful passage of Scripture. It's like, John, we needed this kind of in the beginning of the book. You know, you wait to the middle of the book to tell us. I mean, you beat us up a lot here, John. But yet, he's going to tell us, when your heart calls you out, here's some things that you ought to do to help settle that heart. Here it is. Watch this. Verse 19. He says this, we will know by this. And interesting here, he's, he's using a future tense. He's not saying we already know by this. He's saying we will know by this. So he's talking about when we come into those crises of faith, when we really wonder, do I belong to God? Am I really a believer? Am I really saved? And we start questioning ourselves. Here's what he says. You will know. When these times in your lives, when your heart is calling you out, by what? By this. Now, don't miss this. What is the this referring to? The this is referring to our love for the brethren. How do we know that we're of the truth? We live a life of love. Here's what he's saying. He's saying when your heart starts calling you out and, and, and you start to think about the things that you shouldn't have done, and all of a sudden you wonder, do I really belong to God? Don't listen to that. Here's what you ought to listen to. And look at your acts of love towards the brethren. When there's acts of love towards the brethren, guess what? That proves that there's some kind of new nature inside of you and that you are saved. This is amazing. If I was to ask you, can you name five times you messed up this week? We'd be quick to answer, wouldn't we? 
But what if I was to ask you, can you name five times you showed love this week? Would you be as quick to answer? Sometimes those are harder to look at. I think about the little acts of love that, that, that go on right here in our midst. Rob and Barber, this week, they came, they came to the park to meet with some kids, to give a disciple. That's an act of love that they're showing to the brethren. I, 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 I see um, Kim and Debbie, it scares me to death, they leave so late from church at night. Four minutes early. It's 10 o'clock. They leave late from that. What are they doing here to almost 10 o'clock at night? Acts of love. Maya is in that as well. There are acts of love that we do because of the new nature inside of us. And here's what John is saying. If you want to settle your heart, verse 19, if you want to settle your heart and the heart is calling you out and saying you're living like Cain and not like Christ, remember this. If you live like Christ, if you do show some act of love, that means that God has regenerated your heart. And we can only do it by the grace of God. I mean, why else would we come and show acts like that? Why else would we prepare for trunk or treat to show our neighbor if it wasn't for the love of God inside of our hearts? Why else donate candy and do things like that? It's because of the love of God. Here's what he says. You will know by this, when, those, when your heart's calling you out, you will know by this that you love others, that you sacrificially love others, that you have compassionate love, not just in your lips, but in your life. Guess what happens to your heart? Look at this in verse 19. It will assure our heart before him. Don't miss this. It literally says your heart will settle down. It will be at rest because of these acts of love that we are doing towards others. And you say, you know what, but what if I don't? And what if it, the heart is beating me up in the right way? Well, watch this here. Look at, look at verse 20. This is an amazing verse. This is, this is probably one of my favorite verses in the whole book of First John. Watch this. This is incredible. In whatever our heart condemns us. Now stop there. It's different for all kinds of people. Your heart may be telling you today you're a hypocrite. Your heart may be telling you today you don't love like the Bible says love. Your heart may be telling you today, you got, you got something, anger issues. You're a seriously angry person and you need to change. Your heart may be telling you that. Your, your, heart, your heart may be saying all kinds of things. Your heart may sound like President Biden. Are you ready for this? When you say that you believe and that you live for God and all that, and you hear that, come on, man. That's a bunch of malarkey. Your heart may... Is that a bad impression? Uh, You may be hearing that. Whatever your heart condemns us. Here's here's what happens. The heart, the feelings, the the emotions, the desires, they, they come out and they call us. And it could be all kinds of things that come in this way. He says in whatever. He doesn't just say in this, but in whatever it may happen. Here's what we need to remember in those moments. What do we do? Look at this in verse 20. God is what? Greater than what? Our hearts. Don't miss this. There's so many that live by their feelings and by their emotions and by their thinking and and, and their heart says something. And when God says something and their heart says something, their heart wins. I'm here to tell you, God 
is greater than your heart. God wins. When your heart calls you a hypocrite, God wins. When, 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 when your heart says that you don't love, God wins. God is greater than those feelings. I, I love the guy that came up to D.L. Moody and said to D.L. Moody, I don't feel saved. And D.L. Moody goes, oh, you don't feel saved? Let me ask you a question. Noah, when Noah, got, when Noah was on the ark, was he saved by his feelings or the ark? And the guy goes, well, <laughs> saved by the ark. Well, I guess uh, Jesus wins here, and you better make sure you're on board, because God wins, not your feelings. And yet so many, I, I, I don't feel it. I just, I don't feel, what does it feel like? I mean, what, what, what are those feel? How does, it, how does it feel to be saved? God is greater than our hearts. We, gotta, we can't miss it. God is the one that says we're saved, not our hearts. In fact, watch this here. This is amazing. Not only is God greater than, than all our sin, our hearts, and everything that happens, God, look what he does. He knows all things. Yes. Now, here's what he knows. And this blows my mind. Before we ever got saved, and I remember when this truth hit me for the first time. I was on a bus reading a book. <clears throat> I'm going to Alabama. Nothing good comes out of Alabama, but this was, this was a, not one amen in the back there. But there's a, there's a, I'm on a bus and I'm reading a theology book. And I had a horrible Christmas break. I made all kinds of promises to God and I didn't fulfill them. And I'm on the bus and I'm wondering, there's no way I'm saved. I can't be saved. There's no way. And in that book, he says this. He says, God is omniscient. Wow, I never knew that word before. He, he knows all things. And guess what? Before he ever saved you, there were no skeletons in the closet. He knew every sin you were going to commit after you got saved. And he still saved you. And just tears were coming down my eyes. I mean, he knows us. He not only knows our sin, he knows the depth of our sin. We just know the superficial. He, he not only knows, he, he knows all, the, he knows it all in one act. He knows when, when somebody comes to Christ that they're not going to be perfect. In fact, he knows it so much. Even, he, even when he talked to Peter, he said, when you are restored, what? He was going to sin. He knew that. He knows when you're going to sin. He knows the depth of the sin. He knows it from the very beginning to the end. But yet he still saves us, which is absolutely amazing. And so what he's saying is when your heart calls you out, don't live by your feelings. Don't live by your emotions. Don't live by those things. Live by what God says in his word. He is greater than all of our hearts. And what he says will happen. And he says, I'll save you. And guess what? He will save you. He knows all things. In fact, look at this in, in Romans 8, 31 to 34. It says, what then shall we say in response to this? If God is for us, who can be against us? Do you know anyone? I can think of a few that are against us. But it says here, he did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all. How will we not also along with him graciously give us all things? Now, look at this. Who will bring any charge against those whom God has chosen. I'll tell you who. Satan will. Our hearts will. Our minds will. Our desires will. A lot will. But guess what? 
It is God who justifies, the Bible says. Who is he that condemns? Satan would love to condemn us. Our hearts would love to condemn us. But guess what? Christ Jesus died. And more than that, he was raised to life and is at the right hand of God and is also interceding for us. What do you do when your heart calls you out? You rest in God's verdict. He's the one that decides. And you say, well, how does that really help me in my life here? Well, well, here, look what the passage says. In verse 21, he goes and he says, beloved. I love this because before he's calling them little children. And now he goes, he says, look, you're loved. You're loved by God. You're loved by me. You're loved. Look. If, if you really understand God's verdict and it's and the confidence that we have what God has said, that the final judgment belongs to God and not our hearts. Don't ever make our hearts the final judgment of our souls. It is God that has the final judgment of our souls. And when we understand that and we really live that, guess what? Our hearts are at rest. Amen. And you say, what do you do then? Well, you go to God in prayer. Look at this. If our heart does not condemn us, if we really understand what the Bible says and our hearts are at rest, guess what? We have confidence before God. We can go to him. Let me tell you how important confidence is. You know, ball players, when they lose their confidence, what happens? They go to the plate and they think they're going to miss the ball. They know they're going to miss the ball. And we still pay them $300 million. I'm not mad at Aaron Judge right now. Maybe a little bit. (laughs) He wants 300 million? Hit the ball for crying out loud. But you lose your confidence. Here's what he's saying. You have confidence now before God. You've cleared the air. You go to God in prayer. Now watch this. This is amazing. And whatever we ask from him, whatever we ask, guess what? We receive from him. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. How many times have you prayed and God hasn't answered? Anybody? (laughs) Anybody? And I mean for good things. I'm not just talking about God help me win the lottery. I mean God help so-and-so come to you. God restore that marriage. God help that person understand sin and come back to sin. How many times have we prayed for good things, biblical things, and yet God doesn't answer? I've been there more than I'd like. I've, I've begged people. I've, I remember last year I was in Iowa begging with somebody to restore his marriage and, and, and to get right with God. I was begging. I was begging with him. And as he looked at me, there's no way he was changing. And he looked at me, just, 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 just nothing. And I'm praying and begging God. And yet he still left his wife. And he still left her after all the years they were married. 50 years. I've begged God for, for, for God to change hearts and, and, and to see people saved and, 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 and God didn't answer those. So this is not a name and claim it kind of a thing that, hey, whatever we ask God, he'll, he'll give it to us. There's times he'll say no. And why? Because he is greater and he is God and we're not. But here's the confidence we have. Look at this in verse John 5.14 which we have before him, that if we ask anything according to his will, here it is. Guess what? He hears us. And if we we know that he hears us in whatever we ask, we know that we have the request which have asked from him. There's times when we may even ask for great things, and yet it may not be God's timing or his will or in his way. 
And so we just rest in the mysterious God. He knows what he's doing. And sometimes those are really hard. But we go in confidence before him. Why? Because we're right before him because of the blood of Jesus. And we go before him and we pray. And notice what this, this, this verse says in 1 John 3.22. It says this, we ask what we receive. Why? Because He puts a little condition there. Here's why. Because we keep his commandments and we do the things that are pleasing in his sight. Here's what he's saying. He's saying as we cleared the air and now we go to God in prayer and we can understand and go confidently to God. It's because we want to please God. We want God's will. We want God's way. We want God to answer and do the things that God wants. I remember begging him before Johnny went and tried out at Cedarville and did different things at Cedarville and presented himself before the coaches. And I had my prayers. I had my way. We get home, nothing, nothing. I'm like, wow. And then we go to the mailbox a little bit later, a couple of days later, and he gets a letter and praise the Lord, he received a scholarship that had nothing to do with his athletics. It had to do with his academics. God knows what he's doing. We beg God for things and God's like, no. No. I know what I'm doing. But here's the wonderful thing in verse 22. is because we want to keep it. We want to do what's pleasing in his sight. You say, what is pleasing in his sight? Look at the next verse. Here it is. This is the commandment. And he makes it singular. These two things are very pleasing in his sight. This is what God wants. This is beautiful. This is his commandment. What's the commandment? We believe in the name of his son, Jesus Christ. There it is. You want to please God. Here's how we please God. We put our faith in Jesus Christ alone for salvation. We trust in him. We rely on him. We, 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 it's only our trust is in Jesus. We had the alarm guy come um, this week because we had an incident. And um, he's sitting there and I said, yeah, somebody broke in or whatever and took some stuff. I said, the guy needs Jesus. He looks at me. He goes, yeah, you're right. I said, do you have Jesus? And he looked at me. I said, let me ask you a question. I said, if you die tonight, where are you going to go and why? I just met the guy. You should have seen his face. Wow, it was beautiful. <laughs> Who is this small New Yorker asking me this question? I said, look, we just got robbed. I'm not in a good mood. You better tell me. <laughs> he looks at me. He goes, uh, so, I, I, you know, I'm going to heaven because of, um, and I'm, I, I I'm going to go. Uh, why are you going to heaven? Couldn't get it out. I said, I'm going to heaven because Jesus died for my sins. He was buried and rose again. And my faith is in Jesus Christ alone. He goes, oh, yeah, well, that's nice. Yeah. You know what pleases God? When our trust is not in our hearts, not in ourselves, not in our works. When our trust is in Jesus Christ alone. He paid it all. When we say, you know what, I can't, I'm a sinner. I believe I'm a sinner. But Jesus came and died for my sins, was buried and rose again. When it talks about in the name of his son, Jesus Christ, it's talking about the person of Jesus Christ and the work of Jesus Christ. He is God and he died for our sins and was buried and rose again. And when we put our trust in him, that is the way to salvation. But there's another thing, and it goes with it. And he could say this is two commandments, but he says it's just one commandment. He says this is the commandment, that we believe in the name of his son, Jesus Christ. And guess what? We love one another. They go together. 
It's never just God and forget about the people. It's God and the people. Well, I like the first part. The second part, bother. No, it's God and the people. It's loving the people as well. And as we're loving the people, guess what? It pleases God. And so he says, this is the commandment. And so as your heart is barking at you, remember that your faith is in Jesus Christ alone for salvation. And remember, he's called us to love one another. But it doesn't stop there. Look at this. This is beautiful. You say, what else do I need to look at when my heart starts barking at me? Watch this. This is, this is incredible. Look for evidences of the Holy Spirit in your life. He's finally going to start talking about the Holy Spirit. And next week, Lord willing, we're going to talk more about the Holy Spirit. But watch this. This is amazing. The one who keeps his commandments. What commandments? Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, the Son of, the, the name of the Son of Jesus, the Lord Jesus Christ. Believe on the name of the Son of God. And also what? And that we love one another. He who keeps his commandments, guess what? Abides in him and he in him. And we know that he abides in us. How do we know that he abides in us? Ready for this? The Spirit whom He has what? Given to us. We have the Spirit of God. There's some people who say, man, I'm just praying that the Spirit of God will come over me. I just need the Spirit. We have the Spirit of God. How do we know we have the Spirit of God? Ready? Here's how I know I have the Spirit of God. Because I got this burning in the bosom. I just feel the Spirit. He's in me. I'm walking in the Spirit. Or as some crazy, I mean absolutely crazy, they start laughing because they think they're in the spirit. Remember those in Toronto? Oh, I got the spirit. <laughs> That's nuts. That's sad. We should be crying. There's some that were coughing. Remember those guys? The coughing, they had the spirit. <laughs> I got the spirit. <laughs> you got COVID. That's what you got. How do we know we have the Spirit? Ready for this? You know we have the Spirit because we believe in the name of the Lord Jesus. We would never do that without the Spirit of God. Never. You know we have the Spirit? Because we love one another. I would never love anyone else without the Spirit of God. In fact, it's the fruit of the Spirit. You can't love one another without the Spirit of God. People try. Try it. You can't. You need the Spirit of God to love. You know how I know I have the Spirit of God? Because of little acts of obedience. How in the world can I ever obey a holy God without the Spirit of God? You can. So here's what he says. When your heart's barking at you, look for evidences of the Spirit of God. And if there's evidences of the Spirit of God in your life, guess what? You're saved. Now watch out with this. Because there's some people who... The, 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 the very the heart starts barking and let me just tell you something when the heart starts barking and calling us out guess what that's a good thing that means we're sensitive to God that means he's working in our lives that means that there's the spirit of God is in there and we are grieving God that that's a good thing it's not a bad thing but as, as we're walking with him, it's not what my heart feels that tells me whether or not I'm saved. It's what God says. And it's what he says in his word. And, and how do I know? Because there's evidence is there because I believed on the son of the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, now listen to this. This is, this is amazing. 
Watch this. Something to ponder. Is your heart at rest? Listen to this. A number of years ago, this guy met a man. He was 55 years old. Watch this. He said, I want to share my testimony. He said, I, I, I trusted in Christ at the age of 50, just five years before. And he went on to say he was a recovering alcoholic and drug addict who experienced several failed mar marriages, all of which were his fault. He said he blamed no one. That he made bad choices and dumb decisions throughout most of his life. Then with tears streaming down his face, he began to talk about his childhood. Listen to this. He had a dad who criticized and condemned him at every turn. His dad, he said, you know, all I can remember about my childhood was my daddy saying things like this. Boy, you can't do anything right. Boy, you're downright dumb. Boy, you will never grow up to amount anything. He then added, I guess I grew up to be exactly what my daddy said I would be. Then he said this with a gentle smile and a twinkle in his eye. He said, but five years ago, I met Jesus. I got a new daddy now. And this daddy loves me, believes in me, and thinks I can do anything. You see, the moment we come to Christ, we have a new daddy. And although our hearts may be calling us out and saying, you're a hypocrite, you're this, you're that. We live by God's verdict. Not what our hearts say. We let him decide and him determine. And when it starts barking, love one another. Because those acts of love settle our hearts down. And look for evidences of the Spirit. You would never believe on the Lord Jesus Christ if it wasn't for the Holy Spirit. You would never love if it wasn't for the Holy Spirit. You would never obey if it wasn't for the Holy Spirit. So praise God that the Holy Spirit is in you. And here's the good news. Once he comes, he never leaves. Let's bow in prayer. Father, I, I, I thank you so much that you are greater than all of our hearts. How easy it is to listen to our hearts when they call us out and tell us things, bring up the past, remind us of our failures. Don't let us sleep at night because we think about all the ways that we failed you. And then we look at our lives and say, how in the world can I ever be saved? Thank you that it's not our hearts that the final judgment, it is Christ and what he has said. And when he got on that cross, he said, it is finished. And he also said, whoever comes to him, he will not cast out. And he also said that he holds us in his hand. And he also said that I will be with you always, even to the end of the age. And so, Lord, it's what he says. And so, Father, help us to rest in that. And God, as we live in this sinful world and, and fail to love others as you want us to love, help us to look for evidences of the Spirit in our lives. Thank you so much that the Spirit of God convicted us of sin, of righteousness, of judgment, and allowed us, Lord, and enabled us to believe. Thank you, it's the Spirit of God who allows us to love and enables us to love one another and to obey your commands. 
We could never do that without your spirit. So thank you for that. So Lord, I pray that each one here today would have a heart at rest. And Lord, if there's anyone here that hasn't put their trust, I pray you give them no rest until they rest in Christ. We pray in his name. Amen.